Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. Uh, you can subscribe to our magazine at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe and make sure... If you haven't as yet, get a copy of the Basketball Magazine. It should be hitting bookshelves soon. TexasBasketball.com slash store if you haven't as yet. And we've got, as always, Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how you doing? Yo, what's up, man? Uh, it's been a long couple of days. It's yeah. been a long couple of days. <laughs> We're starting to put together the recruiting magazine, too. I was actually uh, joking. You know, I, I put forth uh, one of those cover boy features for that magazine and i've been trying to get in touch with the coach for a couple of days and <laughs> right as we were about to walk into the room to record this podcast he called me because that's how journalism works yeah. <laughs> things happen exactly when you don't want them to but oh man what are we are we at week 10 yeah oh god week 10 already week 10 oh boy and, and the worst part about this right and we mm-hmm. talked about this a little on saturday is that you feel like by this point we should know what teams are and there are still, like, five teams that I have no idea what they are. Right. Like... I think we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it actually made the podcast because yeah. we had to do some uh, <laughs> clever editing. But we talked a little bit about how there's, like, a clear... Especially in the Big 12 specifically, there's a clear... Yeah, top two. Top two. I guess you can expand this to Texas, too. Like, there's there are clear... There's a clear top two. Right. SMU and Baylor. And there's kind of an amalgamation of the middle, right. and, then and then there's, there's a, a clear bottom. <laughs> now, in the Big Twelve, there isn't a. Bo- I don't think that. There's I don't a clear know. Bottom. In the Big Twelve, it's definitely the top two, and then maybe Texas. I don't think we can say that anymore. I don't know definitively. Not right now, that, but then there's just everybody else, right? And in maybe right now, I mean, I think that West Virginia is the lower class team. Sure, sure, but. It's not by a lot, mm. and and yeah, I, I think even they're better than we thought they would be. Yeah, yeah, and I think that we talked about it a little bit on. I think that did make the podcast. I don't know. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> I I need to go back and listen. Like like I said, mm. uh, thanks everybody for listening last week. We had some audio issues, yeah. and so Hoping I I we'll had see. to uh, Frankenstein it all together. I yeah. think it, I think it worked out all right. I think we got mostly everything in, but I know we lost some of it. Anyway, uh, we have more important news than football to discuss, though. The list of every coach's favorite songs, uh, sorry, musical artists or musical acts came out, and there's some weird answers on this list. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I, I appreciate that he does this. So it's it's one yeah. of those random things. You're just like, yeah, I, I yeah, appreciate Brett McMurphy that. puts this together yeah. for Stadium. Um, okay, the biggest thing reading this list is that it is painfully obvious how many middle-aged white men oh, are man. college football coaches <laughs> now now i will give some of them some credit like jim McElwain, a very middle-aged white man yes earth wind and fire is this, yeah is this artist. a little, bit, I mean, little bit more culture yeah yeah, yeah. you know there, there's some interesting ones and honestly when i was going down the list the most interesting ones were like oh the four black head coaches or whatever yeah <laughs> like well like, also like got a tupac I'm sorry. in there I'm sorry. Keep Walt Bell as far away from me as possible. <laughs> he's a Tool fan. A Tool. I fan. get it. He's a 35 year old dude. Right. 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 That was like that was like the, yeah that was the that was peak <laughs> Tool. Uh, I believe uh, I, forgot the, I forgot the album around there. But anyway, yeah, that was peak Tool. It was probably when he was in college. So, but it's like cool. Don't talk to me. Like I, don't, <laughs> I need to I need to be far as far away from me as possible. So so this may come as a big shock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. The only one on the list of Texas coaches where there were multiple answers. Yeah. Matt Rule, Tom Herman, and Sonny Dykes. So, you know, three of the best coaches in the state. Mm-hmm. All Dave Matthews band fans. Oh, <laughs> I know. I, I, that, yeah. That's... You know what? I will give Dave Matthews band some credit. They managed to pull in middle aged guys from New York City, <laughs> California, and from Lubbock, Texas. Sure. So, you know, <laughs> we are bringing people together, Dave oh, Matthews God. band. Yeah, I was trying to find. Oh, um,. Uh, there was a couple, let me see, there was a couple of in-state coaches that I really liked. Yeah, here, I'll uh, go through them real quick. So, um, so, Gary Patterson, Eric Church, sure. I mean, sure, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, Jimbo Fisher, George Strait, I mean, that's that's like an older middle-aged man. Right, too, right, sure. right. And if, I mean, like, that, that's also probably a little bit of a, a homer play to the a well, crowd. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, trust me, I'll touch on that in a second, mm-hmm. but um, Dana Holgerson, Prince. Prince? Yeah, I love yeah. that one. Pr- pretty yeah. good, pretty good. 
Um, okay, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about these next two. Mm-hmm. Jake Spavadol with Whiskey Myers. I, they're uh, kind of a, I think they're a newer Red Dirt band. Yeah. I don't know if they're newer, yeah. but I know I they're a Red Dirt style. Stuff. It's, I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. It feels, I mean, it's, it's, it feels very Spavadol is where he's right. from. Like right, that right, right. seems like a good pick. Um, and and actually, another Oklahoma Seth Luttrell, Jerry Jeff Walker. Um, I don't I know. Actually, what, don't know. Much I, about I don't him know or anything much about uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. <laughs> I listened to uh, one of their songs. I think that. I think their most popular so- his most popular song is called Mr. Bojangles or something like that. Okay. Uh it was fine. It was good. I mean, okay. I, I didn't have an issue with it. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, Mike Bloomgren Luke Bryan. Cool. Sure. Man, come on. Cool. <laughs> um Kirby Smart also Luke Bryan by the way. Cool. <laughs> um I by the way, I did ask Bodie Reader this when he came into studio few. Uh we asked him his favorite album mm-hmm. and it was very obvious that he's a 32-year-old man because he gave Kanye's graduation and the Carters by Lil Wayne. Nice. So you know. Okay. So so a lot of this is just eight, right? Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, Frank Wilson, Beverly and Mays, okay. or uh, uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so you know, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh, I think that's everybody. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Oh, no, um, Latrell. I said that was Jerry Jeff Walker. Oh, that's right. He was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You did say him. Um, some of the other more fun ones. Uh, again, Jim McElwain and, and uh, Ken Niamatololo, both Earth, Wind, and Fire fans. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Willie Taggart, Tupac, Dino Babers, dropped a James Brown. Yep. <laughs> Here's the weird one. I know what you're going to say. I, uh, there's multiple. There's multiple. I mean, I think the one that you're thinking of is Les Miles dropping 21 Savage. That, he handed that to a grad assistant. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, son, pick a, <laughs> pick a who's, who's new? the rap star? Yeah, who's the rap star <laughs> he, today? I, and they couldn't pick Drake. Drake's right, too big. And right, so, right, oh, right. 21 Savage. <laughs> 21 Savage. Uh, Jim Harbaugh dropping a Bob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> so so you mentioned uh, the, a, the Jimbo going with an A&M guy, but... These three I really appreciate because they turned all the way into the skit. Neil Brown picking Brad Paisley. Yeah. Will Muschamp picking Darius Rucker. <laughs> and Nick Rolovich, the Hawaii coach, picking a Hawaiian artist named Kaikena Scanlon. So, you know, <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate Turning it. I fully appreciate into, it. The one – now. Yeah. I'm gonna, there is one completely on-brand name an artist here. So I, I'm curious if it's one of the ones I wrote down. Because there were four that I were going to go through and, and just roll my eyes. Just give me, give, n- name the one you think I'm going to say. It's the most on brand. Hugh Freeze. No, no. But the good. Who good named guess. Chris Tomlin, by the way. Yeah. Good <laughs> guess. No, it is not Hugh Freeze. It is Ed Orgeron. Oh, yeah. yeah Creedence yeah, Clearwater yeah, yeah. Revival. That, that one's a good one. <laughs> he knows every song. Oh, yeah. Fortunate Son is his ringtone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I. that's absolutely on brand, too. Um,. So Jay Hobson picked Meatloaf. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh Clay Helton, did you see this one? No. Ed Sheeran. Oh my gosh. Okay, I did see that. Oh god. He's yeah, been in LA that. too long. Uh, <sighs> Billy Napier picked Coldplay. <laughs> sure. Man. As his favorite artist. Oh my gosh. Uh Willie Tiger picked Tupac. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um another another young guy, which this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh Sean Lewis from Kent State picked Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Does somebody else pick? Yeah, someone. You said someone. Kevin, picked someone picked Drake as yeah. well. Uh, and and Doc Holliday with an answer that I'm surprised more people didn't give. None. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to music. <laughs> I don't have. I a bet there band. are plenty of coaches who don't listen to music. Well, that's the funny thing, right? Is like, well, here's the one thing I'll say. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that. Whether or not you listen to music, and like I generally like listening to music, I don't think that I listen as much music as other people do. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I mean, because I, I listen to a lot when I'm writing and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so I mean, I like a lot of the time music that's just background music. Mm-hmm. When I'm like driving or something, I tend to listen more to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and but here's the thing: you can't say that out loud. You right. can't say like, oh, you know, I'm only, you know, I don't listen to a ton of music. You can't say that. You're a freak. <laughs> right, right. Like, Les Miles can't be like, I just like sitting in silence. Right. You know, I just like calm. Right. Like, you can't say that. You have to say 21 Savage. A couple of, a couple that stood up to me, David Shaw, Sade. <laughs> I did see like that. Like that. I, that, I was like, that. me and David Shaw can kick it. Like, <laughs> that, that, I, I will listen to some Sade. I'm, I'm telling you, okay, this is just a fact. The, the like, six black coaches on the list. Yeah. Like, they, they all gave great answers. <laughs> how about, how about this one? Yeah. Bob Davey, Van Morrison. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Old Bob Davey's all like, right, I'm sticking right. to, I'm sticking to my class. I'm sticking to my, oh, uh, uh, my age group. I can't remember who it was. Oh, who they, 
Willie Fritz had a good answer. Oh, let me see. Fritz. I uh, I can't remember what it was. It was Frankie Beverly Mays. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I was surprised about that too. I'm like, yeah. all right. Frank Wilson and Willie Fritz just kicking it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just having These, some There's fun. some good McKinn, Niamalolo had Earth, Wind, and Fire. Nice. Uh, Philip Montgomery had Otis Redding. I did I that. love that one. That's great. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, we can kick it some. Oh, God. Josh Heupel had Mumford and Sons. Yeah. I saw Mumford that. and Sons were two. <laughs> it was Josh Heupel and Chip Kelly. Right. How? <laughs> How right? That's that's kind of a weird one. Dabo had Garth Brooks. All the main coach, all like the big coaches, just had kind of boring. Saban had like the Eagles, I think. Right. It's just like, oh, that's just a, a band. Like I don't know. Right. Right. Uh, right. Pat Narduzzi had ACDC, and it's like those are just bands. Like, right. Right. I don't think of anything when I think of those type of. Uh, bands. Bob Bowlesby had the Zach Brown band. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Lincoln Riley, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. 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 Cash. Mike Gundy had Prince as well, which just, yes, just did, fits perfectly I, I <laughs> with the hair. When I can just imagine him just listening to Purple Rain with the hair. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is I, I I think he skipped it last year. McMurphy skipped it last year. Yeah. I think he typically waits for like a new cycle of coaches to kind sure, of come sure, into sure. the come into the realm. Ooh, Butch Davis, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Yeah, uh, I like that right. one. I like that one. Uh, Rick Stockson with the Temptations. Yeah. I mean, look, this is I'm, good. I'm, I love I'm this. very okay with this uh, This whole podcast just being good. Lovey Smith, this. George Clinton. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> that beard has warped him, man. <laughs> that beard has him listening to some wild stuff. That is awesome. Bill Clark with a Bon Jovi okay. and Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cusa, the, the conference of Bon Jovi. I love wow. this. This Let's, is great. Yeah. No, they, they got to do this all the time. Man. Oh, yeah. They, they, they just got to keep asking these random questions. Yep. I, again, I cannot get over Nick Rolovich picking Kaikana Scanlon. Like, that's just like... <laughs> and it's such... I mean, like, it's th- these are the type of things that, like, get so much attention because right. of how just, like, right. simple it is. Right. It's like, hey, just email every coach and just ask for their favorite band. Well, I will it's say... it's a topic of discussion. I will say that it's a credit that 129 coaches answered this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that Doc Holliday was the only guy too boring to say, eh, you know, I, I don't really Or care. honestly, he was he was the only one honest enough to say, I don't listen yeah, to anything. Yeah, I mean, There's probably a, like you said, Les Miles does not listen to 21 Savage, but no. he did not want to put nothing. <laughs> no, no. Again, because then you're a psychopath, right? right? Like, and, and you know what? Like, again, I'm, I'm a general music I would understand. Listener. No offense. I would understand it completely if a football coach said, yeah, I don't listen to music. Right. Well, like, <laughs> again, like, you have a bunch of other things you're doing. So I can understand if you just want silence to focus on game film or something or anything. Yeah. Obviously, like somebody like Nick Saban, you have right. to know some music to be able to recruit right. younger kids. But like... If somebody just if Doc Holliday came out like he, the fact that he came out and said yeah I don't listen to music I was like yeah you know what he's a football coach that makes sense like, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so uh, well you know uh, the other thing too is that I for one am very sensitive about my musical taste mm-hmm. because I just kind of listen to a bunch of random things right. and usually I have like a tie to it for some reason yeah. or like you know that's more of why I listen to music than even for like the not the quality, but you know what mm, I mean. I get what you mean. Yeah. You know, I, I like when I have connections to music, right? Sure. So so with that said, what would have been your answer? For favorite? Yeah. Uh Smashing Pumpkins. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it would have been Smashing Pumpkins. Um or or Kanye West. So Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I let's uh, a few years ago my answer would have been Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I have not cared for his newer <laughs> albums. <laughs> I mean, oof, I don't know. Not not my thing anymore. Gotcha. But, uh, well, well, like uh, again, Bodhi, Bodhi said uh, graduation, like graduation era Kanye, college yeah. dropout era Kanye. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I mean, I like Kendrick a lot, mm-hmm. and I mean, well, actually, maybe maybe on this podcast I'll be okay. Uh, if I were to state it too publicly on Twitter, then maybe I'd get a little roasted. Yeah, I think my answer is you too. Really? Okay. So okay. I grew up with it. I okay. grew up with it. That's one of those where you know I just. My you pair. and uh, you and Manny Diaz can hang out. Hey man, and, uh, uh, Manny Diaz, Greg Sankey, and Dan Mullen. <laughs> I, I could kick that. I, I don't, <laughs> apparently, I didn't, that's a solid group. You know what? I did not think that's weird because that means that all of us are just hanging out in the Southern United States listening to you too. <laughs> what? Yeah. In, we're, we're in Gainesville, yep. Miami, and Birmingham yep. listening to you too. What? <laughs> and Dallas? Uh, that's not what I would have said. See, I would have been less surprised if... Uh, well, actually, actually, now that I think about it, I'm surprised that Matt Rule didn't answer Bruce Springsteen. That seems like something you're uh, required to do as a New Yorker. Yeah, exactly. I but, but Surprise. Full of surprises. Full of surprise. Anyway, I guess we're a football podcast. Yeah. Hey, um, that was football. <laughs> Tangent, tangentially. <laughs> it's technically football. <laughs> well, uh, 
Let's go ahead and get to our picks. Uh, the picks brought to you by Arlington CVB. And you know what we'll do? Uh, we will lead off with this Thursday game. Baylor, a 17-and-a-half point favorite against West Virginia, 7 p.m. on ESPN. So this game, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Matthews Band facing off against Brad Paisley. <laughs> so so in that matchup. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a that's a bad one for me. Uh, not two bands that I, I care for. I will not watch that game if that's the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not a... Actually, see, this is the thing that's going to get me killed on this podcast. Not a huge country music guy. Select. Yeah, yeah, very I'm ver- select. I'm very select. I'll very listen to Sturgill select. Simpson. I'll listen to Casey Musgraves. Sure, sure, but, um, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not too... I'm not a Brad Paisley fan. Right. Yeah. 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 But again, hey, you know what? Neil Brown already figured out what you're supposed to say. <laughs> right. You either have to say Brad Paisley or you have to say John Denver. Those are the two answers that you're allowed to say as the head coach <laughs> at West Virginia. <laughs> okay. Uh, Baylor coming off of a 45-27 win over Oklahoma State. And West Virginia coming off of a 52-14 loss to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Again, the line is 17 and a half. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. 17 and a half is a good... It is a good It's line. really good. It is a good line. Part of me wants to... Oh, God. I think... I think West Virginia covers. Okay. Um, even though it is in Waco. Yes. Um, and I, even though Baylor is coming off of a bye, yes, uh, I don't know. Something about this game just strikes me as because one midweek games have kind of all, for the season have kind of been oh they're weird, sh- tricky and very sneakily very close weird. all the time. The and, one thing that you say for both those these teams at least is that they had a bye before. They had a, both had a bye. My thing with Baylor is, are they looking to that this the stretch of games after this? Sure. Right. Um, granted, you had a bye week to prepare for this, so you right. you know there's some time to focus to put some exclusive focus on West Virginia. But at TCU, Oklahoma, Texas, like that's that's been the stretch of games all season mm-hmm. long that they've been looking to get to. And is there going to be a little bit of a high coming off of such a great bye week? <laughs> like sure, everything. Sure, like, sure. Oh my gosh, we're we're the you know we we control our own destiny in the Big Twelve. All these teams lost now. You know blah blah blah. Now honestly, if Baylor wins out, they have their best shot at the playoff for the Big Twelve. And like you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen. But right, um, there's a lot of hype now that Baylor didn't have to contribute anything to receive right. <laughs> last right. season, last week. And so. I don't know. We saw this kind of with SMU with, against Houston, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh man, SMU is back. They got the national title game, they got the national televised game on on on, on Thursday. Oh man, Houston's down in the dumps, and it was cl- closer than we thought. Yeah. Um, I just think these midweek games throw people off a lot. Uh, Seventeen and a half is is a lot, um, and Baylor's often played down a competition too sure um last uh, the game against oklahoma state was the first time we really saw them take control of a game first uh, and it was just in the fourth quarter and it was right exactly so i'm gonna say uh, west virginia covers but baylor wins so a couple things mm-hmm. one uh you mentioned that smu game against houston right yeah. the one the couple things that you say one it was off of the short week you know it was mm-hmm. a, it true, was a, a five-day game um you know and and Houston, I mean, Houston didn't play some of their players in their previous game, you yeah. know, because they were really looking at this game. They kind of gave their best shot in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they played Mulba Carr, for example, and and they played Clayton Toon, who hadn't played the week before. Right. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that SMU had a little bit of the sandwich, you know, where they had Temple the week before in mm-hmm. a borderline top 25 game. Then they go to Memphis in their biggest game of the year, right? Yeah. Now, Baylor at Oklahoma State, two weeks ago, which is a big game for them and one that they obviously were focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've had the week off to, to kind of recover. And the one thing that you say is at least they don't play sort of their big marquee game next. You know, they play TCU, which is a big game. But if they had Oklahoma next, mm-hmm. I think that it's maybe a little different. Sure, where, sure. Like, I don't think that necessarily TCU's like the, oh, my God, we're looking, we're focusing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, the other thing, too, that I'll say is that West Virginia's lost four games this year. Uh and three of them were by seventeen, more than 17 points. That's fair. Uh, you know, they lost by 31 to Missouri. They lost by only 11 to Texas. That's the one uh, exception. But that was at home, too. Mm-hmm. That was a weird game. Uh, Iowa State, they lost by 24. And they lost by 38 to Oklahoma. Um, you know, and they've played three road games. And two of those games, they lost by more than, t- more than uh, that number. Mm-hmm. The one exception being Kansas. And Kansas obviously has changed a lot in the week since then. 
I just don't think this is a very good team. You know, I, I that's think, fair. I think that this is a team that uh, turns the ball over a lot, which I think will be a nightmare against Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that isn't very efficient on offense, hasn't been able to run the ball consistently. Which I think, you know, if you can be one dimensional against Baylor, I think that's a huge issue. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a shocker. I, right now, West Virginia for the season, they brought back Kennedy McCoy, who mm-hmm. I'm still pretty sure is a good running back. As a team, they're averaging 2.9 yards per attempt. Like, you're relying on Austin Kendall to do everything, Mm -hmm. and he's not very good. Sure. And on the other end, I mean, their defense also hasn't been very good. So I think that Baylor's going to be able to hit a bunch of explosive plays against this West Virginia defense. I mean, you know, we saw before the year, West Virginia lost a ton of safeties. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I think that Denzel Mims is going to get free. I think that Tyquan Thornton's going to get free. I think, you know, that uh, R.J. Sneed, whoever. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, there's one thing to watch out for. Yeah. It's probably going to be sub-50 at kickoff. Oh, it will be. So My, my wife is attending this game because I'm, I'm going there on Thursday. And, yeah. and uh, you know, my wife's going with some of the friends. And she's like, we should dress up for Halloween. And then it's like, nope, you should dress up in a jacket. <laughs> you should dress up with a costume <laughs> with a jacket. Right. You should yeah. be like a bear or something where you're just covered <laughs> just in covered, fur. Yeah. Just covered it's, in fur. It's going oh, to be miserable. So right. that's going to be – that could be something to watch out for. If, if ba- ba- I would not surprise me. If Baylor controls this game for sixty minutes, and they win by fourteen, right, right, just because they just because the final score is something twenty eight to ten, right, right? and there's or twenty eight to to thirteen or something like that, right, right. No, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, I just think personally that this is a showcase opportunity for Baylor. Absolutely, they haven't had a true showcase game this year. They're mm-hmm. heading in now, and don't get me wrong, they have to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, they're seven and zero. This is sort of the breakout game, in my opinion, uh, when it comes to. What can you know if if Baylor's going to have a breakout game? This is a great opportunity because you're playing a bad opponent at home. Uh, I, I, I'll just tell you, you know, I'm connected with Baylor. Obviously, mm-hmm. the excitement for this game is pretty huge. I think the crowd's going to be actually really good on a Thursday. Sure, they actually canceled the second half of classes for the day, which never happens at Baylor. Never ever happens. Yeah. Like notoriously, they don't cancel class for anything, and they're canceling it for this game. Hmm. Uh, now, none of that means anything. Necessarily. Sure, but it's you know. But, but they sense excitement. the hype, yeah. Right. So I don't think this is a game that people are going to overlook, uh, that the team is going to overlook, rather. Um, again, I mean, I'm saying all this stuff. We don't know if any of it will matter. Mm-hmm. But I do think that uh, that Baylor's going to be ready for this game. Uh, Matt Rule mentioned it on Monday. Baylor seniors have not beaten West Virginia their entire time here. Huh. Because of weird situations, right? I sure, mean, sure. you know, 16, the game was in the second half of the year. 17, mm-hmm. uh, and actually 16, that was the last game. And they nearly beat them in Morgantown. That was a weird year. The year that uh, Dana led them to 10 wins. Gotcha. Um, you know, in 17, obviously, that was the Nightmare Baylor season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and actually, I, th- I believe that was Charlie Brewer's uh, first game that he got in and nearly led the comeback. Do you remember? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that was against West game, Virginia. Yeah, where you were like, oh, they can't go back to anybody else. They can't right. go back to, um, oh, God. Zach who? Smith. Was this X-Men? I thought it was, it was uh, who was the transfer they brought in from Arizona? He was the one who he got a concussion in the second game. Right there you yeah, go. Yeah. So okay, he he was right, out of the right. picture. So um, it was Zach Smith until then. And then 2018. I mean, I don't know if you remember this game last year. They played on a Thursday. Charlie Brewer went one for eight with three t- interceptions. Oh, that I was do. that game. That was oh that game. my gosh. So I I really don't think they're going to overlook West Virginia. Sure, sure. And and I think that that's the most important thing that you can say about Baylor in this game is that if they don't overlook West Virginia, they should be able to win by 30. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll be able to do that. I think that Baylor not only covers, I think that they cover comfortably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, we'll see. Okay. If if they if the if the final score ends up being within seventeen points, yeah. I think that then we really have to put the brakes on Baylor, right? And just say this is a very good team who's beaten who they're supposed to beat, but mm-hmm. they're not a real contender with with Oklahoma. <clears throat> and, well, I mean, just Oklahoma at this one, I guess. Right. You know, to win the Big Twelve. But yeah. I mean, if they go and, and kind of blow out this team and do what they're supposed to do and are motivated and don't play down to their competition, I mean, I, I think that the momentum can continue. Let's yeah. say I don't think that necessarily we should say, oh, they're the favorites. You know, they're going <laughs> right. to make the playoff, anything exactly. like that. But like, if they if they dominate this game, I could see them moving into the top ten next week, and uh, and deservedly so. All right, let's move on to Saturday. Texas A&M, a 38-point favorite over UTSA, 11 a.m. on SEC Network. Uh, so let's see. So we got mm-hmm. uh, we got George Strait going up against uh, 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 Frankie uh, Beverly Frank and Mays. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that's, I mean, whew. 
Uh, Were you thinking the upset? <laughs> no, yeah, no, right? <laughs> Thirty-eight points. In the music department, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, A&M coming off of a 49-31 win over Mississippi State. UTSA coming off of a 31-27 win over Rice. Will the Roadrunners have a winning streak? God, that's a lot of points. <laughs> 38 is a that's lot a lot of points. Of points. Uh, I'm going to say they keep it within. All right. I'm going to say UTSA keeps it within. Um, just because, I mean, like. A&M can't run the ball. Anim can't run the ball, and Jimbo's offense isn't really conducive of putting up that kind of sp- like spread. Right. Like, I mean, if you look at the Texas State game, right? It was within 38. Uh, Lamar's FCS, like, I'm not going to count that at all. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anim can't run the ball. <clears throat> UTSA obviously can't do anything on offense, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're, I mean, they're they're not going to make this. Obviously, this isn't going to be close. This is this is right. going to be a blowout. And I'm going to control it from whistle to whistle. The, uh, you'd expect, but at 38, it's a lot. It's just way too much. Here's my question, though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Can A and M hold UTSA to like three points? Because I think they can. Yeah, they can. Like, ooh, here's the, yeah. <laughs> here's a question. Yeah. Texas State or UTSA's offense? Well, I think that the thing that you say is at least Texas State's offense, is, you know, could pass in mm-hmm. that game. You know, I mean, Jensen turned the ball over a lot, mm-hmm. but he he went and launched it a little bit, yeah. right? They're not going to even try to launch it in this game. Yeah. And, and, and Texas State was held to seven. Right. And <laughs> and that's that's my thing. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I think that ultimately, like if, if UTSA and Texas, and Texas State had the same offenses, but UTSA could only pass and not run. Mm-hmm then I think we're having a different conversation. But they can only run and they can't pass. And Sincere McCormick is an awesome running back. Like sure. Sincere McCormick would be awesome at uh, Texas A&M mm-hmm. if he had gotten that opportunity, right? Like, they could really use him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think that UTSA is going to be able to hold their own in a pushing off against Texas A&M and their defensive line and their linebackers, I just don't see it. I mean, the way that you can get to Texas A&M is by testing their secondary. Mm-hmm. It's not by testing their front four, and I just don't see any way that UTSA's offensive line is able to get anything going. Like, maybe they can hit one big play once, right? and that's to get a field goal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just I really think that there is a chance that UTSA gets shut out in this game. There's a legit chance. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's there's a chance. Um, like, I think UT, I think A&M's offense can get to 48, and I'm pretty sure that UTSA's UTSA. offense can't get to 10. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So I'll, I, still, I'll still throw a bone to UTSA, right, but I can right. absolutely see that. Well, don't worry. We're going to see the uh, another 31, or, uh, 41 to 7, and it'll right. just, you know, just cross <laughs> that line. It'll suck. All right, uh, Houston, 23-point underdogs at UCF, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Houston coming off a 34-31 loss to SMU. UCF coming off of a dominant 63-21 win over Temple. Again, what do you guys say about this one? Um, I think that Houston threw their best punch against SMU. I think so, too. I think that they unlocked the playbook. I think they took the shots. I think that they did everything that they physically good, could against SMU. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they lost. Yep. And now you don't have Mobile Car. Nope. Uh, you know, the, a lot of those... Plays are out there now, and look, it's kind of funny, right? For the last two years, UCF has been the standard mm-hmm. across the group of five, and doing that is so hard. People don't understand how hard that is. Yeah. Uh, and now they've kind of quote unquote fallen back to the pack, and they beat Temple by forty-two points, <laughs> by forty-two points oh, on the road. Yeah. They were at Temple. Yep. So, like, this UCF team is still really freaking good. Like, this UCF team is still good enough to compete for the conference. Easily. And, again, I just think that this was Houston's chance. And they blew it. Yeah, there's no chance. Um, Central Florida covers. Look, uh, What have we talked about? <clears throat> as much as Clayton Toons looked improved, and he has. He has. Um, Houston still wants to run the ball. Yeah. And they still need to run the ball yeah. in order to... To put Clayton Tune in good opportunities. Central Florida, 38th in rushing yards per game allowed. Okay, okay. And where is it? I had it up. 29th in rushing yards per attempt, less than four. Yeah. Offensively, 
tenth or ninth in yards per play off on offense, second in yard total yards per game on offense. Yeah, you they're not. The thing that UCF does well on defense is the thing that Houston wants to do on offense. Right. And Houston ain't stopping anything that UCF's going to do on offense. Right. And so there's I don't see an avenue yeah. to where this doesn't become a boat race. Yeah. Well, and, and look, I mean, you know, we're talking about UCF as if they're, you know, the fifth best team in the conference, which they might be. Yeah. But that says more about the state of the conference this year than it does about UCF because UCF has two losses by a combined four points. Sure. And one was to a Power 5 team, and one was to ranked Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. The, that's the list. <laughs> that's their regular season losses over the past three seasons. <laughs> so UCF's really freaking good, mm-hmm. and Houston is not really freaking good. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that they cover. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you I think they cover comfortably. Yeah, and I think you mentioned. <clears throat> you brought up a good point when you just said that was Houston's last gasp. Yeah. Was that's their best shot they gave SMU, and it was a great, it was a great it shot, was a great that shot. they legitimately had an opportunity to win. Um, but now you have to start wondering. Okay, it's kind of the same thing with Rice a little bit, right? Do you start it's like tuning when out. Do, when does the when do the wheels start coming off for the season at least? Right, right, right. right. And I think it's now. This next one's a weird game. TCU. Three and a half point underdogs at Oklahoma State, two thirty PM on ESPN. Mm. TCU coming off of that ten point win over Texas. Oklahoma State quietly, because it was the fourth most surprising result in the Big Twelve last weekend. Thirty four twenty seven win over Iowa State. A yeah. very good Iowa State team. Mm-hmm. Um I have no idea what to think of that line. <laughs> yeah. Uh they're on the road, which mm-hmm. I think hurts. Sure. I think that definitely hurts. But and I just don't think that Duggan's going to kind of repeat what he did. That's, yeah, that, that's kind of – they're kind of uh, anticipating a regress to the mean. Right. And the film is out, too. Sure. And Jim Knowles – you know, the talent at Oklahoma State isn't very good mm-hmm. right now on defense, but I think that their coaches are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they will have their players in the right positions. Now, the, to the flip side, you say, uh, you know, with Oklahoma State, they are explosive and – Look, when you can pressure Spencer Sanders, he's going to cough the ball up. Mm-hmm. TCU hasn't pressured anybody this year. You know, I mean, they did a decent job against Ellinger, but not a great job. I mean, it was more their secondary play right. that was causing issues than their, their ends. Like, their ends have been a non-factor in a lot of ways. Um, I just don't know. Well, actually, and I'll quickly say the flip side is I do think that they're going to be able to do some things against Chuba Hubbard. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be able to do some things against Tyler and Wallace the same way. That's true, but I will say the the key to this game, and, the, and it's kind of been the key to, I won't say stopping Oklahoma State, but in Oklahoma State's downfalls is the turnovers. Uh, Spencer Sanders is a freshman. He's a retro freshman, but he's still a freshman, yeah. um, and he's making freshman mistakes with the ball. He's a little too loose. I wonder how part of that might be having a guy like Tylen Wallace and wanting to get him the ball in situations like, oh, just, i got to find Tylen Wallace, right? And, you know, I believe he has maybe just one more, two more touchdowns and interceptions this yeah, year. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. Um, so, you know, those are things that he'll, you know, hopefully weed out of his game. Sam Ellinger was able to do that um, with just more game experience. But that's where I think TCU can perhaps get something is – how can Gary Patterson confuse a young quarterback, right? How can he get them in situations? And it, that comes with stopping Chuba Hubbard, so Spencer Sanders has to make yeah. those plays. You have to, you, and you have to ch- uh, stop him with six. Yeah. You know, you can't have to put more guys in the box. Uh, the one thing that I'll say, though, is that TCU had four interceptions against Texas, which crazy awesome, obviously. Yeah. I believe it had been since SMU that they had recorded a single turnover. Oof. So they went three games without forcing a turnover in between that, and two of them pretty bad losses. So, what's the real TCU defense? You know, mm-hmm. is it the one that's going to force four turnovers against a, a guy who looks like he was going to be all Big 12 before the season? Yeah. Or is it going to be not? You know, is it going to be the team that couldn't force turnovers against Brock Purdy and, and uh, Skylar Thompson? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that it probably comes to a head, and I'm sure that – I think that we can be pretty positive that Spencer Sanders is going to throw a pick at some point. Yeah. But – When's that pick come? Right, and is it enough? Mm-hmm. Because I still think that this TCU offense is struggling. Um, I do think that, again, going to as tough an environment as Max Duggan's going to play in this year, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. Um, you know, Again, the thing that you always say, too, at least it's an afternoon game and not a night game, because <laughs> night games in Stillwater are when hell comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's 
I think it's a legitimate question. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to t- take Oklahoma State to cover. Okay. Um, because I think that if they win the game, it's going to be by touchdowns, not field goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really could go either direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know. Because we talked about it on Saturday with mm-hmm. TCU. Their three losses look pretty acceptable right now, sure. right? Uh, versus SMU really well. at Kansas State, at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. But now you're going to Oklahoma State. And and actually, the only road win that TCU has this year is against Purdue without their starting quarterback. So I just mm, don't Golly, that's know. a good point. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they haven't played point. well on the road. Um. Yeah. You know what? I'll take Oklahoma State as well. I don't mm. – if this game was in Fort Worth, yeah. I think we'd I'd talk about this differently. Yeah, but it's not. I, yeah, I think so. Um, as much as we saw, as big of steps as we saw last week from Max Duggan, I think we're due for a regression of the mean. Um, it's not that he's careless with the ball. In fact, he's the literal opposite. He might right. be too conservative with the right. ball. But And um, last week they let him unleash. Right, exactly. And Gary Patterson planning for a freshman quarterback who's prone to mistakes. I like TCU's chance. Or, sorry, the other way around. Yeah. I like... Um, <laughs> I like I just like TCU or Oklahoma State being able to capitalize on a young quarterback who has really only had one good game. He right. hasn't played bad, no, but he's only had one good game against a defense that's really suspect now in Texas. That right. were more questions about them. So give me Oklahoma State as well. And, and one thing I do need to mention too is that uh, TCU offensive tackle Lucas Niang is out for the season, uh, and so you know they're maybe their second best offensive player behind uh, <laughs> behind Jalen Rager. Yeah, so you know potential. Top first two day NFL draft pick. I mean, that's going to be a loss, mm-hmm. and um, we'll have to see whether TCU's line can hold up because they've played pretty well this year. Right? You know, whatever you want to say. I mean, they've actually played pretty well, but uh, I don't know. I I don't know what to think about TCU again. Sure. It's week ten. I don't know what to think. <laughs> North Texas, a twenty two point favorite against UTEP, two thirty p.m. on NFL Network. Uh, North Texas coming off of a 39-38 loss to Charlotte, and UTEP forty two twenty one loss to Louisiana Tech. Uh, I mean, the question about this game is, can North Texas beat anybody right now by 22 points? Yeah. And, I mean, like, I mean, I kind of tell, tell Greg this all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> UTEP doesn't get blown out. I mean, last week the line was 21 and they lost by 21. Right, exactly. And, so, and like, that was on the road at Louisiana Tech. Right, right. And so, like, uh, God, I don't know. I don't know who I trust less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it, like, am I saying, ah, uh, God. Because <laughs> it's also, here's the other thing. North Texas' defense is is bad. It's bad, bad. UTEP's offense is bad. Right. What's going to give out there? What's <laughs> like, going to give? Is, is UTEP going to, are they going to put up 20? Like, I don't know. This is probably the game that they could look to, aside from Rice, that they could probably put up 20. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what to think about this game. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's just go through the results real quick. So it's sure. a 22-point line, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I said. Uh, so they lost to Tech by 35, then Nevada by 16, Southern Miss by 18, UTSA by 10, FIU by 15, Louisiana Tech by 21. They haven't lost by more than 22 points the entire season. See? And uh. again, I just don't know that UNT can beat anybody by that many points at this point. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Charlotte. Right. They lost to Charlotte last week. Right. Charlotte didn't know its head coach until like a week before the season. <laughs> can you can you name their head coach? It's Will Healy. All I know, right, but right. Um, <laughs> but like no one else could. <laughs> the yeah. better question is, you, do people know where Will Healy came from? Austin P. Come on, yeah, now. of Come course. On now. Yeah, national power, Austin P. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a sense, uh, but yeah, no, UTEP doesn't lose by twenty-two points. They no. just don't. I mean, even. Heck, let's let's pull up last year's schedule. I don't even know if they lost by twenty two points until the very end last. No, season. you mentioned Dana Demmel's got him. Turn, he, he, he turned him into scrappers, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna claw you in the face and okay, like scratch so, your eyes out. So the the non conference games they were a disaster. But as soon as uh, they hit New Mexico State, seven points, nine points, three point seven points, nineteen points against conference champion UAB, mm-hmm. won by eight, lost by sixteen, uh, and then the last two games were a disaster, they just were. An absolute disaster. Yeah. But the, uh, I mean, because everybody quit, right? <laughs> but I mean. And even, oh, and, that, and that's when they rolled out the freshmen, too. Right. the season was officially even, lost. Even Western Kentucky, where they got, I think they were down 40 at half. Yeah. They only lost by 24. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, they, they just like, don't lose by that many points. Yeah. And they I pull, don't think that they're in quitting mode as yet. No, no. Um, but I am starting to I'm starting to get a little worried about North Texas' mentality now. Yeah. That last, last week was a gut punch. Last week was supposed to be a get-right game. 
It was supposed to be, all right, let's, you know, brush off the rough start. It's Charlotte, whatever. Let's go get a win. And they blew it. The defense has been atrocious. Yeah. And, and I mean, for all intents and purposes, yeah. their season is over. Oh, for sure. The only thing that they have left to play for is is trying to make a bowl, which they might not make. Because they still have Louisiana Tech on the road on the schedule. Which and is, And, yeah, which is almost certainly a loss. And then you play UAB at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to beat UTEP Rice and one of those two teams. Yep. And don't know. Oh, I don't know if that happens. Yeah. God, this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> anyway, yeah. speaking about Rice, they're 10 and a half point underdogs against Marshall, 2.30 p.m. on Facebook. Last week, they lost by 14 to Southern Miss, and Marshall picked up a three-point win over Western Kentucky. The key stat to me in this game, they are on a three-game winning streak now. They've kind of gotten things turned around. Mm-hmm. And they, I know they beat FAU on that streak, and then also Old Dominion, I believe, as well. And Western Kentucky's been pretty good this year, just for the record. Sure, sure. They've, uh, they're not one in. They're not. They're not the one in eleven. Right, right, toppers. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the bottom's starting to fall out at Rice. Um, I, I just don't. Ten and a half is a good line. I, I think that if it was fourteen, I'd have some hesitation. Mm-hmm. But I think ten and a half. I mean, I think they're going to lose by more than ten points. I mean. They just haven't had much of anything. Nope. You know, it's just even the defense is starting to falter a little bit now. You, and that was kind of, yeah, that's kind of what we leaned on um, when we did like, um, when we were kind of looking for that win on the schedule, We this is, that was the game we were kind of, or that was the thing we were leaning on. I was like, man, their defense is really good and they have the identity on offense. And I was like, uh. <laughs> right. Now <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing is too, is that Marshall throws the ball really well. Yeah. Uh, and that's what Bryce is bad at. Like, they do run the ball well as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, as a team, they average five and a half yards per carry. But, you know, their quarterback, over 1,600 yards a season, Isaiah Green, like 11 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's a good quarterback. Not a great quarterback, but a mm-hmm. good quarterback. And that's what Rice has struggled against is players who can move the ball down the field because right. their secondary is still very young. And so I just don't <sighs> – Again, I just think that it's going to start to fall out a little bit. As you get to, this would be 0-9. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, they still have UTEP on the schedule, but, like, that's the futility bowl. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just don't think they can do it. Do we know who? I know there was some news about the quarterback for Rice. Um, um, Stewart was out last Stewart was week. out last week. But I don't know about this did week. Did they make the shift back to I mean, they want They have chosen to go with, uh, with Stewart. Okay. But... I mean, again, if he's hurt, then, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I think Rice covers this pretty comfortably. Or, sorry, Marshall covers this pretty comfortably. All right. All right, let's move on. Uh, your boys, Texas State, my 22-point uh, underdogs at Louisiana, 4 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Last week, obviously, Texas State with a 38-14 loss to Arkansas State. And here's some fun. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette's last game was also against Arkansas State, who they beat by 17. Oh, fun. Yeah, no Lafayette covers. Um, <laughs> not even, not even when you look at, um, not even when you look at the 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 current trend Texas State is on, which is that it's another lost season. Um, Lafayette has always had Texas State's number. Yeah, um, traditionally in the in the South in the Sun Belt, I believe last year or two years ago, Texas State had their best shot. I think it was twenty seventeen. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it was twenty four to seven, and that was their best shot. <laughs> right. um, they've always it didn't matter what Texas. I don't know what it is, but there's something about where the program the programs are at as far as development, player development. Um, because I've never been able to see as long as I've covered and watched Texas State in the Sun Belt, they've never gotten a push up front against Lafayette. Yeah, despite even when uh, Hudspeth's last couple of years when they weren't good. Yeah, um, physically, there's just something different between both programs. I don't see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see. There's. I don't see a path. And besides, then we uh, Tyler Vitt's going to start again. Looks like with Jensen still in concussion protocols. So, yeah, I see. Um, not only a comfortable cover, but I mean Lafayette covers. One question: uh, You mentioned Mark Hudspeth. Do you mm-hmm. know where he coaches now? Oh God, I actually looked up this up the other day. Um, is it Austin P? It's at Austin oh, okay, P. that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well. Wow. What a well, here's the bad news. Texas State is not going to cover. Here's the worst news. Uh, Texas State is not going to cover 
against the team whose coach uh, named Coldplay as his favorite band. Oh <laughs> that is... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, these programs are just different right now. And, yeah. and I mean, I totally understand why, you know, there's a little bit of doom and gloom in your voice when you talk about this Texas yeah. team. They still have multiple wins on the schedule left, in my opinion. I still think that they do. They they have mul- they have they have games they better win. <laughs> That's not. I think though. Again, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Texas State has not had better win games than basically its entire FBS existence. Like, I mean, that, that's just a reality, right? They they haven't won more than three uh, games in a season. No, they have. I mean, oh, 20, I mean uh, 2013, 20, uh since joining the Sun Belt, right? No, no, or, 20, uh, 2014. Oh, I guess with Fran. Yeah, yeah. I guess with Fran. Um, his sec his. Second, let's see. I'm trying to think of the whack when they transitioned to the whack from the Sun Belt. Yeah, I know 2014 when they were in the Sun Belt when they went seven and five. Yeah, um, but since Fran, yeah, they haven't had. Um, yeah, and obviously winning. that was a roster that sold out to try to basically get to respectability, right? To, to try to build some excitement around, the right, right. Um, Sacrificing long term stability, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, as we saw, yeah, and are continuing to see. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I mean, again, I think that there's still two games that are very winnable left on the schedule and i think that they can definitely find a third mm-hmm. well no i guess that third has to be troy but um yeah but yeah, i mean louisiana and app state both on the road i mean that's obviously extremely bad yeah look if they get to four this year i know i know it won't feel good but like it'll be about expectations i'd say sure. I, mean, I mean you know again it doesn't feel good it doesn't make it feel any better yeah. but like you know you kind of hope that next year, obviously, because if you have Brady McBride this year, maybe this thing is different. And honestly, too, if you have uh, if you have Jensen the last two weeks, I mean, they, they still lose to Arkansas State. And, you know, I mean, I know that Jensen played for a lot of the Monroe game, but, mm-hmm. but you know, if he finishes the game, maybe it's a little different, too. Maybe. Um, you know, I mean, I, I again, sorry if he's listening, but, like, I just don't think Tyler Mitch very good. And, and I think that that's a big part of why they're not going to be able to have any shot of covering against ULL, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, you know, yes, you mentioned that they can't win up front on either side, but also, you know, the one way that you kind of build around that is by tossing the ball down the field, <laughs> and they can't do that. Yep. Anyway, uh, don't worry. I'm sure we'll have another 15-minute conversation about Texas State on, <laughs> on Sunday. But, it's natural. Uh, all right. The big game of the weekend. Yeah. If you don't watch any other games this weekend, across the sport, right? If you don't watch Alabama, if you don't watch LSU, I don't even know if they're playing this weekend, actually, because I know that they play on the they play on the ninth, so right. So they might have buys actually before this. But anyway, that's beside the point. I think Georgia Florida is the other big game on. Yeah, Georgia Florida is the yeah. big game on uh, cocktail party. That's it. If you don't watch another game this weekend, watch first of all College Game Day. Yep. And then at six thirty p.m. on ABC, flip over to this game: SMU, a four and a half point underdog on the road at Memphis. SMU coming off of that tight three-point win over Houston. Uh, Memphis coming off of a much tighter mm-hmm. one-point win over Tulsa. They nearly got Tulsa. They almost got Tulsa, and Tulsa Tulsa themselves again. <laughs> like we've seen a lot this season. Poor Philip Montgomery, man. What? Hold up. I need to check out what Tulsa's record is because they I should have, have two wins. They have two. They have two. They're two and They're six. Two and six, and <sighs> should have be- not not just like could have beaten. They should, they have, should beaten. have beaten the two best group of five teams maybe in America. Yeah. Oh God, that, what, that, that sucks! Wild man, and they're like, actually, the other thing you say too. Okay, their losses, right? Mm-hmm. Michigan State, which I mean, you know, sure. Power Five team. Yeah, Oklahoma State, where they kind of held their own for the first half. SMU, Navy, who's borderline ranked. Cincy, who's who's ranked now, mm-hmm. and Memphis, who's ranked. Tulsa. Oh my God, what a schedule! Oh man, poor Tulsa. Man, that <sighs> sucks. Yeah. Oh wow, like. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That that you, really sucks. If you missed it, um Tulsa had a chance to win the game on a chip shot field goal like a thirty three Memphis yarder. and they hooked and he hooked it left. Yeah. yeah that yeah. sucks. So. Oh man. Uh and the worst part too is that there are two crossover games this year. <laughs> At Cincinnati versus UCF. Those are their the two, two crossover har- games. The two hardest teams in the other division. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, they god. might go three and nine and they're 
nine losses might all be to good teams. Yeah. That's that's to, that's to say that they don't beat take, Wyoming. He's pretty good, right? That's to, that's basically to say that don't take anything. Don't try to say Memphis. Oh, they're shaky. They look shaky against Tulsa. Like no, yeah. Tulsa should definitely no. be a Tulsa. Tulsa is a lot better as well, so. than their two and six record. Yeah. Oh man, what a nightmare, Jesus. So anyway, but that's all beside the point. Yeah. Um, so SMU, a pretty decent underdog in this game. Mm-hmm. Now you're going on the road to Memphis, and Memphis. Uh, if there's one name that you need to know. Heading into this game, it's Kenneth Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard way too many jokes about how his name is Gainwell, and he, you know, whatever Gainswell. he's a running back, you know, whatever. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Uh, since the first two games, um, you know, the first two games, obviously, well, he had seventy-seven and eighty-five yards in the first two games, and, yeah. and uh, but you know, he wasn't a huge factor. I think he's a redshirt. So- no, he's a redshirt freshman. So since the first two games, he's had a hundred yards rushing in every single game. And against Tulane, additionally, he had 203 receiving yards. So he's up to, in whatever, eight games, Mm -hmm. 979 yards, 7.1 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns, 440 receiving yards, three touchdowns. That guy is a dude. Yeah, seriously. That guy is golly. maybe, I I don't know. I was going to say the best player in this game. Maybe. I mean, it's either him or, like, one of SMU's wide receivers. Yeah, that, that, that's fair to say. But, like, and that's not a shot at anybody. That no, is that no. is saying Kenneth Gainwell is a freaking beast. Right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Will SMU be able to limit him at all? Hmm. Yes. Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> trying to, like... My thing, the thing about Memphis is, yeah. What's their best win? Fair uh, is it? Well, it's, it's, I'm not. That's not meant to be like a, 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 a like. They're not actually good, but like, they're they're. This is meant to be a legitimate question. Is yeah, it I mean, Ole Miss or is it blowing out Tulane? I think that the way they beat Tulane is very impressive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't think Ole Miss is very good. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably say now. I mean, they handled Navy, which I think has proven to mean something this season. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they don't have a signature win. And, I mean, right. the one sort of higher-level team that they've played mm-hmm. is Temple, and they lost. Yeah. That's that's one of the, like... Because, actually, I mean, you look at... God, the American is so good this year. You know, because you got Memphis and SMU, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then Temple's been borderline ranked. Uh, Cincinnati's been borderline ranked. UCS's been borderline ranked. Like, that's five teams. And Navy's gotten votes, I believe. Yeah, like you're talking about six teams who, not you know, who are borderline rank. And and Tulane at one point was there too. Mm-hmm. You know, Tulane's been pretty close to that. Like you're, seven teams, that's better than a lot of Power Five conferences. Right. And so, I mean, it's been as hard as it's been this year. But then Memphis has kind of dodged a lot of those teams so far. Yeah. Now I will say what's interesting about this is SP Plus. Yeah. Really likes Memphis. Yeah, they do. And basically, SMU, according to SP Plus, SMU has been gaming the system because <laughs> they <laughs> right. don't think SMU is better than 40th. Right? They have for the 40th and SP Plus. Right. Defense is about average. Offense is slightly above average. Um, special teams is bad, according well, to SP and Plus. That is absolutely and correct. Memphis. That might be where the key comes in because Memphis is top five, almost yeah. top five. No, they are. They are legit. So that's going to be interesting because there's always one team that seems to game the computer system like that. Last year was kind of Texas, yeah. right? That kind of over, overperformed their underlying numbers, and like you know, t- you saw it on you saw it on you saw it with your own eyes. You saw it on paper. You are like, this team's really great, and some, some advanced stats will be like, oh, they're actually kind of average, but they overperform. I am curious if that. Well, it's clearly that that's Memf- uh, that's SMU this year. Mm. So the the four one thing half, I am curious and about, and this is me stating ignorance about exactly how he does it. Yeah, I am curious how exactly he would take into account. Uh, transfers, you know, because I know that he'll add the production. Yeah, yeah. I know that, uh, you know, but but like the primary way that you adjust for that is recruiting impact, right? right. Like that's the primary thing that goes into this. And SMU's recruiting impact obviously would be pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's not to say that Bill doesn't know what he's talking about because he's the best. But right, like, right. you know, I'm sure he's found a way to, to account for it. But I'm just curious if, you know, you talk about a guy like Richard McBride, right? Yeah, Richard yeah, McBride, yeah. who didn't really play for Auburn last year, has no real production to speak of but is obviously a talented player who didn't get his chance to shine. Mm-hmm. 
I'm curious if somebody like that wouldn't necessarily play into the system like that. Or even sure. like a Shane Bouchelle, right? Sure. Where Shane Bouchelle, technically his production last year was like, you know, 300 yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. But obviously he's a better player than that. I- I'm just curious. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, Asking questions. And, and obviously on the offensive line too. You know, yeah. that's something where they got a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. Because they brought in 16 transfers this offseason. Right. You know, so this is a fundamentally different team. I'm going to say that SMU is not able to stop Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Because every time, I feel like every time they've played a marquee running back, they performed really well. Yeah. Um, even not even marquee running backs, like any, like just running backs of decent quality. Sure. They've struggled against, even going back to Texas State and Caleb Twyford, right? Yeah. He was pretty okay. Um, but, a, golly, this is going to be a fun one. I what's think, the over? What's the over under on this game? I haven't seen. Let me see if I can pull. Okay, because that's what I'm really curious about. Because spread makes four and a half is fine. I like yeah. that. I like that number. Um, Hold, let me pull this up. Keep it for, for a second. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, every time SMU has gone against somebody like a Darius Anderson, or uh, I'm trying to think of um, uh, uh, last or not last week. Um, Tulsa's running back. I feel like Tulsa's running back had a solid game. Mobile car, Houston. Yeah. Um, they've always struggled to stop him, or so, at least to shut him down. So, so Caesars right now, the line ha- has gone up okay. to to plus six. Um, Memphis favored, oh, and man. the over under is at seventy one and a half. Yeah. Okay. I can so see that. that would be what like thirty. <laughs> thirty eight, thirty one, uh, about there. Oof. Yeah. In that, uh, not yeah. exactly that number. Right, that exactly in that of, range. In that range. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What are you? What are you thinking? If this game gets to a shootout, I think SMU wins. I could. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that SMU just has more, Op- more options, more running game options, more receiving now, targets. Yeah. Memphis has the best one, mm-hmm. but I think that SMU just has more. Sure. And, um, and you know, I I do think that Kenneth Gainwell is going to be able to get his. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I think that he also attacks areas of the SMU defense that, not that they're bad, but that just aren't, you know, as strong. Uh, you know, if he was just running up the middle every single play, sure. that's, you know, I think that's a bad solution because SMU's defensive line is really good, but they haven't necessarily kept contain as well as they've rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing that you say, though, is I think that, I think SMU is going to be able to make Brady White really uncomfortable in a way that he hasn't had to deal with this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, I want to say that they're like number four in the nation in sacks. Okay. So, so SMU gets after it. I, I mentioned, I think, uh, last week, but Patrick Nelson, the SMU safety, ranks number two in the nation in sacks, behind only Chase Young at Ohio State. Now, the question is, if if Kenneth Gainwell is able to extend that defense and you have to spy him, mm-hmm. then you lose a guy. You know, you lose one of those guys who they can kind of get to rush. Sure. But... I do think that SMU has enough chess pieces on defense to be able to make things uncomfortable. Now, the question ultimately is, can they avoid that on the other end? Because mm-hmm. Memphis Memphis can also cause issues. You know, Memphis is top 50 in, in passing defense. Yeah. You know, they can, they can limit guys. I also, uh, and this is just, I haven't seen, have, have you seen anything about uh, Reggie Robertson? I, I don't know. Ah, uh, I have not. Yeah. So, I mean, golly. Because that that's be. a big deal. Because yeah. he, he left the stadium with a foot injury and a walking boot. Right. Now, it's football and, you know, weird stuff. I don't know. Mm, um, that's a good point. But it, he hasn't been ruled out. <sighs> but he's still listed as day-to-day. Um, that, I, I mean, golly. And I'd be pretty Honestly, shocked if that, he doesn't play. I'd be sh- Yeah, yeah. But the flip side, if it, this game gets into a shootout and they don't have right. the big playability of Well, the, the big thing that you say is that look at Houston last week. Now, Houston Houston dropped a bunch, mm-hmm. and that's why Xavier Jones was able to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Memphis has better defensive backs than Houston has. Right. You know, they'll be able to man up a little better. But they took James Prochet out of that game. And mm-hmm. once they took James Prochet out of that game, the rest of those receivers are pretty ordinary. Um you know, these are the two guys who you're like, they can beat anybody. You can't single them. You have to double cover two guys because yeah. they're that good. Yeah. Uh, and and even then, that opens up the running game, obviously. Uh, so if Reggie Robertson's out, it's going to be really hard for SMU. Now, 
I was uh, also uh, uh, where is it? Kenneth Ginwall's not had a game of less than 100 yards since September yeah, seventh. Yeah, yeah, second game of the year, so. and and that was because they didn't play him. Right, they didn't. You know, they didn't he was, it was Southern. <laughs> right, 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 and he had two touchdowns in that game. Yep. So, no, I mean Kenneth Ginwall's going to be able to get his. Yeah. That's, I don't think that that's even really in question. Right. Uh, it's just it's mostly about Brady White. Can now, they make him? Yeah. Go ahead. Now the one thing that I will say is that you know SMU has shut down even even when it hasn't showed up on the scoreboard mm-hmm. they've shut down most of the good teams that they've played right i mean tulsa's kind of the one exception um tcu ended up with 38 but they handled them it, you're right it, it was it wasn't that close yeah i mean uh, in fact let me pull up the the stats from this tcu game like you know tcu went 42 carries for 236 yards which mm-hmm. is fine right you know i mean darius anderson had some big runs i mean 77 came on one run yeah um so ultimately, and I mean, like, look at somebody like Trey Siggers, right? right. One sixty-four, almost average a first down a carry. They still won forty-nine twenty-seven. Right, and and that's the thing is that even when guys have gotten theirs, mm-hmm. you know, because like you mentioned, I mean, uh, with Darius Anderson having one hundred sixty yards and Trey Siggers having all those yards, it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of the game. Sure, um, you know, so so SMU's played very well. I guess you'd say kind of situationally. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've allowed guys to get theirs, but they've still stopped where it's mattered. Yeah. And I don't think that we've seen maybe since the TCU game where where again, I mean they did a decent job. I don't know whether we've seen Kevin Kane, their defensive coordinator, have to scheme against or or having to scheme to just take a running back out of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, especially it seems like they've done the opposite of that. Right. I don't want to say like I don't want to say oh we're just gonna let the running back go, but it's right. it's definitely been like let's minimize this is where an offense is effective. Right. Let's minimize the effectiveness elsewhere. And and the thing is is that I think that SMU can take not all the way, but I think they can take Brady back, uh, Brady White out of the game because Brady White's a really good player, but he's also a player that that benefits from. Mm-hmm having Kenneth Gainwell beside him sure you know this is is an offense that that runs the ball really well that's what they do I mean last year obviously Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard were Mm -hmm. were two of the top three rushers now you replace him with the guy who's been just as productive yeah so I mean this is an offense that I think is going to put up rushing yards Mm -hmm. but if they can limit his impact now here's here's the here's an interesting stat yeah we talk about home Kellen Mond yeah home Brady White is insane Really? <laughs> 75% completion. Oh, boy. 10 touchdowns, one pick. Oh, well. So that's that's something. Like, that's I, 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 just something brought, I just pulled that up right now, and I was like, oh, okay. Because they played. Now, granted, also, well, ooh, I don't know. I mean, that includes Ole Miss, who's, I mean, yeah. you know, they're, 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 okay. they're decent. They're, okay. they're whatever. Um, obviously, that includes Southern, but it includes Navy and Tulane. Yeah. So those aren't, you know, he's not putting it up against just, you know, South Alabama or something like that. So Can you pull up Road Shane Bouchelle? Ooh. Let's see. Because I am curious about that. Uh, I don't way he is. Fine. Uh, 64% completion, seven touchdowns, four picks. Okay. So, I mean, let me see. I, wanna, I do want to uh, check the how, schedule, though. I'm sure a bunch of those picks were against at Houston. Houston. At Houston, at UCF, uh, yeah, at USF, at TCU, at Arkansas State. So, much cool. tougher competition on the road than, yeah. than Brady White's played at home. And actually, you know, just looking at those games, yeah. I mean, South Florida, he dominated that game. Even sure. when the, the numbers were whatever yeah. i mean he dominated that right. game tcu he pretty much dominated that mm-hmm. game arkansas state was a little shaky houston was the only bad performance yeah. i would say yeah and and again but really that's the only bad performance all year he's yeah. had so i mean and that was a look ahead spot yeah. obviously um and actually Golly, I, this is yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be wild i'm i'm pumped for this game yeah and actually that is interesting okay so i i pulled up uh memphis temple but the mm-hmm. box score so kenneth gainwell had 106 yards on the ground had 98 yards through the air and they lost. And and actually, even Brady White had 363 passing yards and two touchdowns. But, wow. but same deal. They played good situational football. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing. is you look at SMU's defense numbers, they're okay. Mm-hmm. They're not great. But I don't think that they've done a good enough job of communicating just how important to this team that defense has been. Sure. And just how good they've been when they've needed to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be one of those games, too, where the offensive numbers are pretty comparable. But... SMU just has a takeaway here, has a sack here, has you know a, a turnover here. Just is able to make the right plays at the right times, mm-hmm. and I don't think that Memphis's defense can keep up with uh, with SMU. You know because I think that they're just too diverse in offense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball. And again, this is all assuming that Reggie Robertson goes. I mean, if sure, he doesn't sure, go, sure. I think it changes the game. I don't know whether it necessarily changes my opinion that they win the game, yeah. because I do think they win the game. Um, but it changes the game dramatically because then they can dedicate more guys to James Prochet and they have to scheme for that. Yeah. Um, I think oh, SMU God. wins. I just, again, you look at Memphis. Memphis hasn't played a team of SMU's caliber all year. Sure. Uh, and, and again, the one time that they played teams close to that caliber were against Temple and against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And in both those games, one they lost, one they only won by five points. And, and they couldn't. And you know, it was the start of the season, too. So, I mean, there's so many question sure. marks going for into sure, that sure, sure. as well. So I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to take SMU to win all right. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for this game. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, think right. I'm, I think I'm going Memphis. All right. I think I'm leaning Memphis. All right. We'll see who's right at the end of the week. Uh, and and. SMU fans, remember that's at Ishmael R. Johnson <laughs> on Twitter. Anyway, thank you to everyone as always for watching. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned. Uh, unfortunately, I decided not to get a ticket to the Memphis game, but uh, uh, to go fly. Are you to dedicated Memphis. or are you? De- oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying my. Be- hey, you know what? I'm proving my dedication in a very different way. So I'm going to Baylor tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, first Baylor game of the year, and actually, one weird thing I was realizing because of the way that everybody's schedules shape up. I might go watch Baylor play four times in the last month of the year. <laughs> because against West Virginia, that's not Sounds like, like Homer talk to me. I haven't been there all year. <laughs> I haven't been there all year. I mean, I'm seeing West Virginia literally because it's a Thursday game that's yeah. 90 minutes away. Right. Um, I mean, that's the only reason, honestly. Right. Um, and then Baylor, Oklahoma, Baylor, Texas, and Baylor, TCU, and in, in Fort Worth. And I'm like, which one am I supposed to not go to? Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and SMU's out almost the entire month. Yeah, I don't know. It feels weird. It feels weird, but I think that's going to be the way that it kind of ends up going. Anyway, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, again, please subscribe if you haven't already. Textfootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sucks Football. You can follow us on Twitter at DCDF. You can uh, find all of our work at textfootball.com. Again, we'll have coverage from – oh, I didn't even mention the second game. North Texas UTEP. That's what I'm doing this week. Oh, weekend. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll go watch some beautiful Kyle Oxley football and uh, go on with my day. Uh, We will be back with you guys again on Sunday.